Good morning, 738 here on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay, and in studio here with me, I have uh, Escambia Sheriff Chip Simmons. Sheriff, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Good morning, Andrew. How are you? Hey, I'm good. And, you know, I want to I want to start with this um, just to make sure that I don't forget, because sometimes we get up against, you know, the clock and all. Um, today is the three-year and I don't like the word anniversary because to me, anniversaries are good things. But today is the three-year commemoration of the uh, terrorist attack on board NES Pensacola. And you were very quick onto that scene right in the aftermath of the shooting being over. And it's now three years since. And, you know, some of the folks are not even with the force anymore. You know, some folks yeah. are retired and all. But um, what does this day mean to your deputies, to your organization, as you think back on it now with some distance, three years? Yeah, we have um, our employee luncheon every year at on December sixth. So we'll have it again today uh, because it's a. I mean, it's a sense of pride. It's a sense of sorrow, um, and and it's just a really a, a chance for us to get together and and to celebrate uh, the employees of the Escambia County Sheriff's Office and tell them how much we appreciate it because. On any given day, we could get another call just like that. Now, no one would have thought that we would have had a call, um, you know, like that. Certainly not on Pensacola NAS. So you're correct. Three years ago today, uh, what is it? Almost eight o'clock. We were yeah, we're about an hour our, after it. Yeah, our our press conference, our makeshift press conference, right outside the bridge. There are a lot of small stories that that people really don't understand how difficult that day was. I mean, again, you not only did you have two deputies and one. Uh, military police officer get shot not only do we have a terrorist act not only was it on the base and 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 we're we're trying to work on the crime scene we're trying to figure out if our deputies are going to be okay we're trying to figure out if it was a lone gunman we're trying to figure out how do we get the story out to the people so people understand that that there's no longer a threat on Pensacola NAS because imagine that the number of people that work out there that left their loved ones to go to work at, on Pensacola Naval Air Station and not knowing where the shooting was if it was over, if it's really over, and quite honestly, we didn't have all those answers right away. So we, we had a conversation uh, about where we could have the, the press conference, and we decided we had to have it off the base. Um, they, didn't, they didn't want to have it on the base, quite, quite frankly. Makes sense. And so we went off the bridge, and then we did a uh, – I call it a makeshift because if you look at some of the footage, it was mm-hmm. – we were all, you know, uh, weathered a bit. And, and we were out there, and we were just trying to talk to people and say, this is what took place. Our deputies are injured. Um, you know, the, the, the suspect is down, and we're working on making sure that, that he was the only one. So you, know, you, you brought it up, and, it's, it's, again, it's a, it's a very strong sense of pride because I was listening to the radio at the time, and I, I, I saw the, the, the action that was taking place. And what people don't understand, again, as I mentioned a second ago, is that just because the one shooter was down, we had reports that there was a, 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 a book bag that was possibly had explosive, that there was another individual in a parking lot, and there were we, we had assistance from the Pensacola Police Department going to different houses outside of the base. Some of these things that you know people did, don't realize that at the time, um, trying to wrap our, our our head around what's really taking place and what's important now. Yeah, you know, and and you know. I- we have all seen action movies, cops and bad guys engaging in gunfire, and it's just a horrific thing in reality. It's you know, and I, I, I you know, even I haven't, I, I don't know because I haven't been there, but you know, talking to Sergeant Hoyland and talking to some of the other folks and hearing the accounts from you guys, just it's it's a horrible thing to go through and have to endure. And I, I know for on behalf of the whole community, you know, appreciate that you guys trained for years and years and years prior to that you know before you were even with the sheriff's department 
the devotion to training to be able to respond to these kinds of events is what made it so that that day wasn't even worse than it was because you were prepared to respond and brought force and dealt with the threat. And that's what you had trained to do. And that's how training pays off. So I just, you know, I appreciate that that went into, you know, it wasn't that day you showed up ready to do it. It was the years before that, that made the training that you, they were ready to do it. Well, and even the training, and I know, I know we were talking about this a little bit long, but I, I even the training, yeah, it's true that we had members of our SWAT team that were on that, uh, the entry team, but we also had, um, a motorcycle officer that engaged with the 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 um, with with a bad guy, the terrorist, um, and and so he wasn't necessarily always involved in our SWAT training, right? But but we always have you know we everyone trained and everyone knew do shooting training and then some of it you just have to adapt, and and the fact that they were able to adapt so fast, the fact that people that were working in different assignments and even different shifts were able to come together and and do what needed to be done and the the radio discipline that it took, uh, not just at the people that that responded. Um, right away, but the people that were responding later, uh, the people that did their job. But we had deputies that were assigned to go to the back gate of the NAS. Were mm-hmm. people, uh, deputies that were assigned to go to the hospital. All of them, and all of them had a job to do, and they did their job very well. Certainly, to include our dispatchers. A- a- absolutely. Uh, let's turn to some of the things that have happened here locally. We've had a couple of incidents. Anything happen over the last day or two that we don't already know about from the news reports? Well, I noticed yesterday um, there was a, a call on 29. It was a hotel. I don't recall the name. It used to be the Key West, and now it's a different name of a hotel. But in a situation where we had a call of someone that was attacking a cab driver, uh, we had two deputies arrive there. And I, I noticed on Facebook there was a lot of people wondering what happened on 29 and why there were so many deputies there and ambulances there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was because the, when our deputies got there, well, Lieutenant uh, Walter Matthews and, and, and other deputies got there, and this guy was attacking and choking a cab driver, and they tried to st- um, to tase him. It didn't work. They tried to you know, pull him off of him. It didn't work. And they ultimately just had a, a pretty good struggle, uh, so much so that the, the victim in this thing was sent to the hospital. One of our deputies was also sent to the hospital um, as, a, as a precautionary or as an evaluation type, type method. So when I went to the hospital uh, to talk to the deputy to see if she was okay, her first question was, "How is how's the victim?" Mm. You know, because she she couldn't get him off of her fat, you know, quickly enough, and all the efforts that she had, um, because he was, I guess, he was a rather large large individual, and she just couldn't get him off. And and that's just the kind of person that people that we employ at the sheriff's office and your local law enforcement just that that's it is. She's sitting in an evaluation room. Um, you know, in in pain, in a, a little bit of pain, yeah. and all she's worried about was was the victim, because that's what she, in her mind, her job is to protect and save that victim, and that's just uh, kind of makes my heart warm. I I, I understand. What, what 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 was eventually done to to get him disabled? To what happened to him? I, I think we had a number of deputies arrive when okay when we have an, an officer in trouble or an officer needs assistance. You you get a lot of deputies that want to help because okay. I mean that's we could, that could be us the next time. Yeah, and and the unwritten rule is if we have we call it a signals thirty six, which is you know like a broken arrow. We need we need help, and and um, we've all been anyone's been law enforcement has been a situation where you're outnumbered. Yeah, and 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 where you're not sure if you can if you can win the day. And so we all know that you do whatever you can to get there to help that deputy because we can't lose a fight. We have a gun, we have you know a taser and all that stuff on our uh, on our gun belt. So and that's why there were so many deputies there. That's why there were ambulances there. Two ambulances there. One unfortunately was for our deputy, and the other one was for the victim. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're we're charging this clown with um, attempted murder. And you know, uh, imagine you're trying to help someone and, and someone's got you by the neck. 
and and you, I mean, it's, if if you do it right, it's hard to get that mm-hmm. that um, you know that harm off. I I can tell you what I do. I hit him as hard as I possibly can in the face, and and that's just to try to save the victim. Yeah, and and that's that's what our deputies did. And good job. Wow, it's, I mean, it's scary. And as you say, there are there are times when you find yourself in a fight. Your word, you can't win. And unfortunately but good to have everybody else coming to your rescue we're talking to sheriff chip simmons the scamby county sheriff let's get a quick traffic break in here uh candy's got traffic on the fives uh, not showing any problems right now on 29 it looks like everything is accident free not showing uh any issues it looks like on 98 either you should have a pretty clear ride from navarre into pensacola three mile bridge also looking just fine if you have traffic tips text 437-1620 it's news radio 92.3 informative local dependable thanks so much candy we have actually had a lot of other news come out um, that i wanted to get to with you we're not going be able to get to it all today uh but i did want to talk about this crime stats for the state came out and if i recall correctly i'm working off a of memory but uh escambia county the perception people sometimes have from the news is crime terrible horrible shootings all the time but the truth of it is statistically uh crime is down and and i do want to say that the, the way they're doing the crime stats in the past is changing um, they've got what they call nibers and fibers, which means nothing to a listener except the fact that historically, we, if we had an incident that took place where an individual broke into a house um, and stole something, maybe even maybe even punched the homeowner, we would charge them with you know, burglary and aggravated battery, say. Now we have to break each one of those down. You know, it, it could be as, as bad as trespassing and criminal mischief to get in the house and then burglary and then battery and then theft for what you take. Okay. Every, break everything down. Um, you know, lesser included crimes. So our crimes are actually going to be going, probably going up. The reflection is going to go up, but there's like a demarcation line where in the past we tra- we tracked crime like this, and in the future we track it like like this. Okay. So because so reason, you, because you're having to report the lesser included as if they're as crimes, also crimes. the numbers will go up. The incidents, however, uh, have not, and the overall pattern of crime is going down. Right, yeah. Okay. And, and, and so what you're seeing here and, and what they're reflecting is uh, that's why the crime came, the stats came out this time was a little different. There was not, there were not individual crimes that I could tell for Pensacola Police Department, UWF, and, and all them. It was just Escambia County. Okay. Um, and some of the statewide numbers, if you looked at it, it they, they don't include all the population because people are still getting used to this new system and, and working with the state to get to, to report it. However, let me tell you this. Uh, a reduction in crime um, of 9%, 9.6%, I think it is, is, is pretty good. Um, it's a reflection of the fact that we work every day. We talk every day about ways in which we can reduce the crime rate in, in Escambia County. And we also talk a lot, even in our roundtable, about what can be done on the the more serious ones, the homicide cases. Uh, we talk about the murder suicides and and how it's very little law enforcement can do. Right. And maybe we got to incorporate society and the, the 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 clergy and the school district and all that. Um, but I, I can tell you, I'm, we're very proud of the numbers. Obviously, a reduction is much better than a an increase, increase in yeah. crime. Um, but but uh, you know. We work hard, and we work hard every day. We do a lot of things. We research, and we have the best best methods here locally, and, and they're doing a heck of a job. And still lock your cars. <laughs> and, <laughs> lock yeah, your cars and your yeah. doors. Help us help you by <laughs> locking, your, locking right. your cars. And, and don't keep a gun in the car. Yeah. Um, hey, last thing, uh, I heard somebody donated a a house to the foundation. Is that right? Yeah, we were we were lucky enough. As you know, the Scamby County Sheriff's Foundation is separate from the Scamby County Sheriff's Office. So, uh, there are no taxpayer dollars used for the foundation. Well, uh, Miss Van G, Claudia Van G, um, has been in the dog business all of her life, had a very positive experience with canines and, and with our sheriff's office, and she decided that she wanted to leave her home 
um, which is a nice home off of Pine Forest Road, uh, to the foundation for use of, uh, you know, to aid in our, our canine. She said, you can do whatever you want to do with the house. You can use it to train, you can sell it, you can use the proceeds, but, but she wanted it to enhance our canine unit. And anything that enhances our canine unit, whether we buy another dog, whether we, we work on a, a training facility, uh, whether we get bulletproof vests for our canines, um, anything that we do uh, in that regard is a benefit to the residents of Escambia County. And uh, and it's a lasting legacy, right? Nice. I mean, hopefully she lives a long time. I, I She's a great lady. We had many conversations with her. Uh, hopefully she lives a long time. And then ultimately her legacy will live on because her love of dogs will live on because it will always, you know, benefit the, the men and women of the sheriff's office through the canine unit and obviously the residents of Escambia County. Oh, that's fantastic. Wonderful stuff. Uh, Chip Simmons is the sheriff in Escambia County, and it's always a pleasure to have you here in studio. We'll look forward to talking to you again next week. Thank you for the time, sir. You bet. Y'all take care.